A church in downstate Champaign-Urbana has recently come under fire after a number of former members came forward alleging years of manipulation and mishandling of sexual misconduct. For decades, Covenant Fellowship Church has been a community for hundreds of University of Illinois students, most of them Korean-American, with many from Chicago suburbs. WBEZ's Esther Yunji Kang and Susie Ahn spent months talking to church members and survivors of abuse. Many of them posted their stories on a social media account that has caused a reckoning of sorts. Today, they bring us the stories of sexual assault survivors who sought help from the church's leaders. A warning to listeners, this report contains descriptions that some may find disturbing. When Anna Ree arrived on the University of Illinois campus in the mid-90s, she knew right away she'd find a home at Covenant Fellowship Church, also known as CFC. CFC was like amazing. It was like there was no question if you were coming from like Chicago suburbs and you were Korean or Asian that you would just go there. We're not using Ree's real name to protect her identity. Upon graduating, she found a job in Urbana and stuck around, since some of her friends were doing the same. She started hanging out with a male friend from church. One summer day, he came over to her apartment while her roommates were out. They started kissing, but things quickly spun out of control. He started, um, he was on top of me. He um, started to undo his pants, and I started freaking out. She repeatedly said no, but he wouldn't stop. She was able to push him off and run to the bathroom, where she locked herself inside until he left. Ree says she was sure he would have raped her if she hadn't been able to fight him off. A friend encouraged her to go to their pastor for guidance, Pastor Min Chung of CFC. He was sympathetic, but discouraged Ree from reporting the incident to authorities. But he said, you know, your parents are well-respected members of their church. Your father's an elder. I just feel like if they found out, they would be like devastated, you know, how people talk. Ree says Chung told her the perpetrator had a reputation for preying on other women and that the leaders would keep an eye on him. Ree trusted Chung even though he offered her no counseling or healing for her trauma. Later, a friend told her that when he confronted Chung about how to keep the perpetrator accountable. Min Chung said, I didn't want to ruin his life over this one thing. So that got me really emotional because then what was it all for? What did you do? Now I kind of almost think that nothing was done, that the whole point was that I would just shut up and it would go away. Ree is one among many former CFC members who've shared their stories of abuse and sexual assault, only to be shamed and blamed by church leaders they turn to for help. Since May of this year, former CFC members have anonymously posted their experiences on an Instagram account called Letters from Rahab. The account is run by past CFC members who are unhappy with how the church handled a particular case of sexual misconduct. But over the past few months, the account became much more than that. Ree says it was eye-opening. So I don't know how many women were affected. You know, I'm sure there's many people that didn't want to share their story I mean, I thought I was the only one. Indeed, Ree was not the only woman to go to Pastor Chung seeking counsel after being assaulted. Michelle Lin, another sexual assault survivor whose real name we're not using, says she was a sheltered Chinese-American girl from out of state when she came to U of I. She quickly joined CFC and started dating a fellow member. I think it was pretty early on when 
our relationship became sexual, but not by choice. And not knowing like what abuse looks like and being very sheltered in my childhood, I just didn't see any of the red flags. Lynn told a church Bible study leader she needed help getting out of the relationship. So the leader set up a meeting with Min Chung. Lynn says Chung agreed she should leave the relationship, but that she, in part, was responsible for what happened. The conversation wasn't at all about like, okay, here are the steps to get out of this relationship. Here's the support that you can find. It was very much like, why do you think you got into this relationship? Why do you think you're staying in for so long? She remembers asking what would happen if she got pregnant, and Chung told her matter-of-factly that she'd have to leave school. Without the help she needed to leave the relationship, things got worse. Lynn ended up getting pregnant, then having an abortion. She attempted suicide and was hospitalized. She remembers telling her boyfriend that she had told Pastor Chung about the abuse. He asked her what Chung said. She had no response. He's like, see, there's no help for you. Lynn eventually got out of the relationship and found help through a different campus ministry. That's where she realized for the first time that she'd been abused. Lynn says she's only been able to find healing after many years of therapy. Cases of sexual misconduct and their subsequent mishandling at CFC were not confined to Champaign-Urbana. In one particular case, Min Chung even took steps to cover up sexual abuse for a fellow pastor in the Chicago area. Sources say Chung offered counsel to those victims, too. But like Anna Rhee and Michelle Lin, those women were silenced and did not receive the help they needed. The recent revelation of these abuses led former members like Tina Way-Smith to take action. She's connected to other CFC women through that painful common thread of sexual assault at the hands of a fellow church member. But in Smith's case, she was urged by her family to report it to the university, which led to her rapist being expelled from school. She says sexual abuse is not unique to churches, but churches should be uniquely positioned to help. When you look at an institution that is supposed to be loving, protecting, and healing congregations from all traumas, right? Um, we do need to look at, you know, our church even equipped to do this, our pastors equipped to do this. Smith has encouraged others to file complaints with the University of Illinois or to speak with an attorney. Anna Ree is telling her story now for the sake of her daughter. Ree wants her to know that if something like this happened to her, it would not be her fault. I would hope that I would be the first person that she, would, she told and that we would report it to the authorities and pursue legal action and then also put her in counseling therapy 100%. I mean, look at this. I'm like 20 years out and I still don't know if it's my fault or not. Pastor Min Chung is embroiled in his own case of sexual misconduct from nearly 20 years ago. The way he's counseled others through their experiences mirrors his own case. For years, he kept it hidden from other church leaders, congregants, and his own family. In tomorrow's story, we'll look at the church culture that contributed to the cover-up. Tina Way-Smith says it starts with a lack of oversight. You see a pastor who has accumulated so much power over the years and authority and has abused his power and authority, and no one can keep them accountable. That culture of manipulation has had a stronghold on CFC. The church is trying to dig itself out from under it, but survivors still feel buried. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. And I'm Susie On, WBEZ News. Yesterday, we heard from victims of sexual abuse at a church in downstate Champaign-Urbana. It was just mishandled so poorly. The subsequent stories of sexual assault cases and the lack of support at church. 
Anna Ree was one of many who say they turned to Covenant Fellowship Church for help after they'd been sexually assaulted or abused, but instead they were silenced. Today, WBEZ's Esther Yunji Kang and Susie Ahn report on the culture and power structure at the church that allowed spiritual abuse and the mishandling of sexual misconduct to go unchecked for years. Even during the summer, the main quad at the University of Illinois is speckled with people soaking up the sun or prospective students taking a tour along the expansive green space. Once the fall semester starts, on what's known as Quad Day, the space is filled with registered student organizations that set up booths and get people to join their clubs. Covenant Fellowship Church, better known as CFC, drew in hundreds of new U of I students each year, many of them Korean-Americans from the Chicago suburbs. They do a really good job at, like, drawing in freshmen. The worship team doesn't suck. It is the best music that we've heard at church. You feel seen. You feel, like, totally accepted. When Amos Lee got to campus from suburban Skokie, he was impressed by CFC. Where Asian Americans may have been marginalized in larger society, he says at CFC they found their voice. We all grew up in racialized societies where we don't see people like us in power. And you come to CFC and you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Korean Americans. All of your leaders are Korean Americans. All of your pastors are Korean Americans. And it was here where CFC's former longtime pastor, Min Chung, would build a ministry so large that one pastor on the East Coast called Chung the most influential Korean American pastor in America. But CFC was also a place where a culture of piety and shame sought to keep spiritual abuse and sexual misconduct hidden for decades. Founding pastor Min Chung was himself a U of I grad. He started CFC in 1990 and set up the church's structure in a way that gave him enormous power with little oversight. Longtime members say Chung was charismatic and self-effacing, often talking about what little money he had, but that God always provided. People were willing to listen and do whatever he said. Expectations were more intense for lay leaders at the church. Chris Sotelo was one of them. He recalls a meeting in which leaders asked Chung about oversight. Who are you accountable to if there's no elder board here? Who are you accountable to? We were asking this question to Min, and he said, I'm accountable to Jesus. I don't need an elder board. There was also a notion that to receive more blessings from God, you needed to get in good with Pastor Chung. That meant doing menial chores like cleaning his home, driving him around, or babysitting his children. The environment was most hostile toward women. Chris Sotelo's wife, Mara, says women were treated as stumbling blocks for men. For women, it's like you're the one to blame. If something happens, if that guy likes you or if he says something to you, well, it's because you probably asked for it. You probably wore something that made him think of you in a certain way. CFC also condemned gossiping, or what might be perceived as gossiping, equating it to creating division in the church. That culture allowed Min Chung to keep his own sexual misconduct secret for years. In 2001, Min Chung was riding with two other CFC members from Chicago to Champaign. Unbeknownst to the driver, Chung touched the female passenger below the waist. According to sources, the victim pretended to be asleep, but later confronted Chung. He apologized quickly and asked to bury the incident. It was only revealed a few years ago when other church members found out. Chung later addressed the matter at a church meeting. During the early years of CFC, I inappropriately touched a woman. In a secret recording provided anonymously to WBEZ, Chung can be heard calling the incident, quote, an inappropriate touch over the clothing. But sources say that does not tell the whole story.
Candace Lee and her husband Dan had found out about Chung's sexual misconduct months before he addressed the church. They confronted him privately, asking what he did. He said, "It's better that you not know because then you will sin. If you find out all the details, it will cause you to sin." And I don't want that for you guys. Like he was protecting us. Candace Lee says she and her husband felt manipulated during that meeting. She says Chung asked them to promise not to dig for any more information about his misconduct. He told them to pray for him aloud and asked for hugs as he left. Another former leader, J.T. Park, also pressed Chung about the incident, and the pastor tried to play down the misconduct that it was just a one-time thing. He compared himself with someone who struggled with pornography. And quote unquote never repented, but he, because he repented, is in a sense in a better position before God. Chung's now estranged oldest child, Josie, provided screenshots of conversations with her father. She says Chung offered her a sanitized version too. Josie says he also told her that after the incident, he counseled the victim and that she had forgiven him. I just cannot imagine the level of gaslighting, the extensive trauma that could have possibly caused. Josie says there was little support from her parents when she struggled with depression and an attempted suicide, and then when she came out as transgender, she has since cut ties with her family. Last year, some CFC alums went before the Korean Central Presbytery, a denominational body CFC pastors belong to. The former CFC members accused Chung of eight charges, including sexual misconduct, counseling of the victim, lying about the incident, and even helping another pastor cover up his sexual abuse. There is a culture of abuse that is buried, that is hidden. Miryong Fontaine was part of the allegation team. She's a founding member of CFC. The Korean Central Presbytery only took up one of the eight charges. The one Min Chung confessed to inappropriately touching a woman. This past April, they found him guilty of quote sexual harassment and did not censure him. When we brought our allegation, we did not use the term harassment. When we heard that the ruling was harassment, we were disappointed. We reached out to the presbytery, but the group declined an interview. I'm sorry. We reached out to Min Chung through email, phone, and social media and got no response. We also drove to his home in Urbana and left a letter with a family member there. As of this broadcast, we've received no response. Sources say current CFC leaders found out about Chung's misconduct in 2018, but didn't take steps toward accountability until the fallout from the letters from Rahab Instagram account. We reached out to the CFC leaders, but they declined an interview. They sent a statement saying the church is quote deeply grieved and saddened by the pain that people may have experienced end quote. They said they've now separated from Min Chung. They're also getting outside help to investigate abuse and create a healthier church culture. Current members like Becky Kim Park say the church is headed in the right direction. The hope is that moving forward, we can not just rebuild, but like transform how we handle those kinds of situations. In our final story tomorrow, we'll look at how church members, past and present, are moving forward. And what experts say is the right course of action for churches to take in cases of abuse. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. And I'm Susie On, WBEZ News. A broken power structure and a misogynistic culture allowed sexual misconduct to go unreported for years at a church in Champaign-Urbana. This week, we've heard stories from survivors of sexual abuse. 
In today's final story, WBEZ's Esther Yoonji Kang and Susie Ahn report on why one church's story of covering up abuse is emblematic of a larger system that deserves to be scrutinized. For nearly 20 years, Tina Waysmith thought she was an isolated case, that she was the only person who was raped by another member of Covenant Fellowship Church, the church she attended while in college. It's better known as CFC. I was seeking community. You know, at least what I was getting from CFC was that this currently did not exist. There weren't that many people struggling through this. Literally, reading stories after stories, I was not alone. And I wasn't the only one being told that there's some fault. She's referring to stories from survivors on an Instagram account called Letters from Rahab. Smith realized that CFC didn't handle her case and those of many others properly. She's speaking out about it now because she thinks the church can do better. The Bible preaches that we need to be supporting and loving and caring for those who are oppressed and abused. Experts say CFC's handling of sexual assault is in many ways a classic case study. The culture of covering up abuse and making women feel responsible for what happened to them is prevalent in many religious circles. It's a culture that has proven painful for victims and one that has ultimately fractured communities and shaken people's faith. Kristen Cobes Dume is a professor of history at Calvin College and author of a best-selling book on evangelical masculinity. She says when abuse happens in a church, it tends to follow a common pattern. It's victims who end up being shamed, victims who are often blamed, and often it's the, the community rallies around the perpetrator and it will do so to defend the ministry. She says victims are often pressured not to seek outside help. They're told it's an in-house problem that can be resolved, exactly what many at CFC experienced. So it's something that should be dealt with by the authorities in the local church, who in, in patriarchal religious communities are generally all men. And often in these churches are also unified around the pastor. Sources say that's what the associate pastors at CFC did when they found out about the sexual misconduct of Min Chung, the church's founding pastor and its longtime charismatic leader. Dume says if it's an instance of sexual assault, law enforcement must be involved immediately and there needs to be an independent investigation. Truly independent investigations that aren't just investigating what happened, but also committed to full transparency in making public the re results of those investigations. Dume says she's recently seen churches handle these cases correctly, contacting authorities right away. She's hopeful this will be the standard. Spiritual abuse is psychological trauma under the guise of religion. That can take the form of a religious leader using his position to berate and attack victims, making them feel inferior and powerless. Abby Wong Hefter is a mental health specialist. She says spiritual abuse and sexual abuse often go hand in hand. Churches that don't handle the abuse correctly use biblical language to silence a victim. They often quote a passage in the Bible in the book of Matthew. It instructs a victim to privately confront the person who sinned against them. I think that's a really wildly confusing place for somebody that has been victimized. The pastor is the one that's also more or less dictating how you read that text. Then again, it's just a place where gaslighting can happen really easily. When former CFC members Candace Lee and her husband confronted Chung about his sexual misconduct, he asked them to look at that passage in Matthew together. He goes to Matthew 18 and says that what happened was a private matter between two people. And so it's been taken care of according to the Bible. So we don't need to go any further. 
She says Chung also cited another passage that talks about honoring elders. She says the way Chung weaponized scripture has tainted the Bible for her. Wong Hefter says churches need to stop pressuring victims to forgive. They need to listen and support victims, even if they leave the church. I have worked with a client whose church ended up having to, they were the ones paying for her therapy because of the abuse she had suffered by someone within the church. So what are you going to do to prioritize healing of and the sense that we believe you? CFC recently resumed in-person Sunday services, but the church is taking a break from many of its other programs, Bible study groups, Sunday school, and other activities. And according to the University of Illinois, CFC chose not to renew its student organization status. That means no booth on quad day and no more reserving campus buildings. Several people have left the church and friendships have been fractured. While some see the Letters from Rahab Instagram account as a light shining on truth, others say it puts an unfair burden on church members who have little or no connection with that past. Current CFC member Becky Kim Park says the church has changed and she wants to help improve it. If we were able to transform and rebuild and be a light in our community, I think that that would be a really beautiful picture again of God's redemptive plan for all of us. CFC has commissioned a Christian organization to conduct an independent probe into the cases of abuse. As the church takes stock of its past, former members like Chris Sotelo are doing the same. The former lay leader says for more than a decade, he's been deconstructing his time at CFC. What was good and what was not, right? What was God and what was not? And what was God and what was culture, right? Super important for us, because if we didn't do that work, then I don't know if I'd be a Christian still. Miryong Fantine was one of the founding members of the church back in the 90s. She says for the most part, she had a good experience at CFC. But that doesn't mean she's going to let these stories of abuse slide. She says the church should be transparent and own up to what happened. Criminal acts were committed against these women that these women didn't receive the justice that they deserve. They didn't receive the healing and professional help that they require. The gospel says one can be forgiven of their sins. Fontaine says that means a person will not lose their salvation, but they must be brought to justice. You know, the gospel is about coming into the light, coming out of the darkness. By keeping everything hush-hush, we are actively trying to remain in the darkness when the gospel tells us to come to the light. She says some survivors of abuse have lost their faith. Many have lived with shame, guilt, and fear that they did something wrong. Fontaine says survivors need to know that they are not alone, that they are loved, and that their stories need to be brought into the light. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. And I'm Suzy On, WBEZ News.